Any time that we hear Jesus calling out the scribes and the Pharisees, it probably makes us a little bit nervous, and, and I would say rightly so. Um, at, at various times, we might think to ourselves, I know Jesus is talking to the scribes and Pharisees, but is he also sort of referring to me? Is he also referring to me in whatever parable he might be saying or whatever lesson he's trying to get across? Is he also talking about me when Jesus gives something kind of biting to the scribes and the Pharisees? We should ask ourselves that question. Maybe by contrast, the wrong way to approach any of these things is, oh, those people, those scribes and Pharisees, you know, they're bad, we're fine. They're, they're, they're bad, we're fine, we don't need to do anything at all. We need, we need a little bit of introspection and a little bit of reflection in our own lives to what Jesus is trying to get across whenever he has to give maybe a difficult teaching to those around him. And as usual, in this parable would be no different. There is always something for us to glean, always something for us to learn, and something very applicable to our own lives. So Jesus, first of all, begins by saying that the scribes and the Pharisees have taken their seats on the chair of Moses. And he is actually paying them quite a high compliment, because Moses is perhaps the most revered figure in Old Testament history. And to be successors of Moses, to sit in his chair, so to speak, was potentially the highest honor that one could have in first century Palestine. And this is true. The scribes, the Pharisees, and all the temple priests were very much the successors of Moses in, uh, in authority and in stature. And because of this, they were rightly called rabbi uh, all throughout the, the, the area of Israel. They were called rabbi. And Jesus says that the scribes and Pharisees enjoy the salutation rabbi, maybe a little bit too much. And I was reflecting on this idea, specifically the salutation rabbi. The scribes and Pharisees liked being called rabbi, but they did not behave in a way that befit the title or the office that they held. They liked being called rabbi without living out sort of the rights and responsibilities of that life and the title and the stature to which they were given. Contrast that with Jesus who was called rabbi. He was called teacher. He was also called master as well. He's someone who, yes, was called those things, but truly lived out the demands to the titles that he was given all the way to the cross, in fact. Jesus is observing how the Pharisees love being called rabbi. But would they be willing to endure what Jesus would eventually endure? Would they willingly undergo the suffering that he would, go, that he would undergo on behalf of sinful humanity? Absolutely not. For the titles that they have and the enjoyment that the scribes and Pharisees have over those titles, there is very little actual work they are putting in to living up to those titles. Because one would expect in ancient Palestine someone who would called rabbi to behave in an upright and upstanding manner. Maybe a certain standard that one would expect for someone of that stature. And yet, even for their titles, the scribes and Pharisees were no better than anyone else with their conduct. Even though they took on a title that meant something to the people of that time, that title of rabbi said nothing about how they actually lived their lives. And I think we can draw maybe a parallel to our own day and age. 
Because you and I, all of us, are given a greater title and dignity than rabbi. Or, than, or a greater title and dignity than even successors of Moses. And that title is this. Baptized Catholic. That is a greater title than rabbi or successor to Moses. Sons and daughters of God by adoption. That is a far greater title than any title given to anyone in the Old Testament. And we often like being called baptized Catholic. Heck, almost a fifth of the country considers themselves baptized Catholic. We're, We're raised as such or attended Catholic schools. Many people call themselves Catholic. But as we know, that title says very little nowadays about how someone actually lives their life. And that is a tragedy. Because again, we know that most Catholics don't attend Mass on a regular basis. Many of our Catholic schools don't look that different than some private schools. The divorce rate is about the same as Catholics for non-Catholics. Even the rate of contraception and even Catholic hospitals and universities that don't really look any different than their secular counterparts. For all the titles that we have as baptized Catholics and for all the people who call themselves Catholics, our society and our culture around us does very little to mirror that and the scope of that demographic because that title of baptized Catholics should mean something. It should mean something. It should truly say something and stand for something, especially in the world in which we live. So many people, again, are called by that title or call themselves by it but do not live up to the demands and the responsibilities of an authentic Catholic life. And we are called to follow after Jesus, to live an authentic life, a life of an integrity of what we profess with our lips coming through in our actions. An authentically Catholic life, brothers and sisters, means being inflamed by the desire for holiness, and not just for ourselves, but to make other people around us holy as well. To live an authentic Catholic life means to see the world entirely differently than anyone else around us. Where that title of baptized Catholic means something and is truly a distinguishing factor to those around us. Do other people around me know that I am Catholic? I think that's a good question for us to ask. And if they know that I am Catholic, how do they know that I am Catholic? Because if they only know I'm Catholic because I say I am Catholic, that's probably not enough. They ought to know that we are Catholic by how we live our lives. It should just come through naturally in all of our actions and interactions with others. Whether it's taking time out of our lunch hour to go to Mass on a holy day of obligation, or even maybe having something in our cubicle or office to remind us of our Catholic faith. Or even in our homes, when we walk into our homes, people should know that they're walking into a Catholic home. I had the privilege this week of anointing a wonderful lady named Alicia at an assisted living facility and she didn't know I was coming at least that day and I walk into the room and in one of the corners of her room it was like Catholic corner Catholic happy land in the corner she had so many statues of the sacred heart pictures of the saints a couple of rosaries lying around a couple of votive candles as well and she was also watching EWTN on the TV like when you walked in you knew that Alicia was Catholic and she was happy about it this was who she is And these things help us to remember who we are and what we are about. It's not just external stuff for the external stuff. It just naturally bled through in her life. No, this is just what I do during the day. And this is what my room looks like because I am Catholic. These things keep us on the right track and help us live lives filled with integrity and authenticity. 
So let us heed the voice of Jesus today and see how these words apply to us, not just to the scribes and Pharisees, and ask for the great gift of integrity, that what we profess might shine through in our actions, and pray that we might always live in a manner worthy of the gifts that we've been given and the titles which we display, and that an authentically Catholic life might shine forth as an example to others and illuminate the world around us.